0: Welcome to the Conscious Women Entrepreneurs podcast. This show offers wisdom, inspiration, and tips on how women entrepreneurs build their businesses and how they incorporate mindfulness and spiritual practices to become successful. I'm your host, Martina Thomason, a certified entrepreneur coach. I specialize in helping women entrepreneurs overcome limiting beliefs to get more clients and grow their income. Now, let's jump into today's episode. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Conscious Women Entrepreneurs podcast. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you to my friend, Kate Murphy, and she is a serial entrepreneur and co-founder and former CEO of Play Magnus, one of the largest tech Chess companies in the world. She is also the founder of Feminine Code. She is Canadian, based in Norway, and we're going to loop back to the Feminine Code because there are some exciting news around that coming up. So, first of all, thank you so much for coming
1: on, Kate. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here.
0: (laughs) Yes. So you have quite a colorful background, starting in corporate and then transitioning more and more into. entrepreneurial journey. So can you tell us a little bit more about
1: that? For sure. Um, Well, I think it kind of started with doing my BBA or bachelor's of business back here in Canada. And I thought to myself all along that I was going to end up in big corporate. And that's where my destiny was headed. Uh, Over time, I did my MBA, continuing that journey, and then kind of got to the point where I realized my heart was in entrepreneurship and starting up and scaling businesses. So around the time of finishing my MBA, I was running one of my first startups with a co-founder. We were going in our fifth year when I moved to Norway. And uh, I left that journey when I uh, met a Norwegian and decided to move to Norway. <laughs> yeah, that old story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's quite the, the common love pat experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I moved to Norway, I didn't speak Norwegian, not a word. And I had this freshly minted MBA. I was uh, an entrepreneur. I thought, no problem, I'll find a job. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So I was interviewing and everyone always said, oh, this is great experience, great background. Come back when you speak Norwegian.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) So I started doing uh, consulting, um, management consulting more on the international side working in many different types of uh, industries. I was working in battery regeneration, sustainable fashion, telecommunications, uh, just working on specific projects and stepping in a couple of times as managing director or CEO. So that was kind of my corporate experience. And I really realized I really need to be like at the forefront of creation. So along that journey, I met Magnus Carlson's manager, uh, Espen Ogdestein, And we got to talking around creating a business around chess and Magnus Carlson. And at the time, I kind of thought, oh, that's impossible. I mean, chess? whos <laughs> How can you make a business around chess? Well, but yeah. um, after doing some Googling and understanding the size of the market, it was pretty obvious that there was a huge untapped value here. So yeah, around eight years ago, I co-founded and became CEO of that company, which actually just went public this past fall. Wow. So it's been quite an entrepreneurial ride to say the least. And yeah. um yeah, the chess tech world is a, is an interesting one, fascinating, and at the same time, extremely challenging to be a woman in that space. I can but, only uh,
0: imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So
1: nutshell of my background of where I am, where I am now.
0: Yeah, because
1: you made a pretty
0: uh, big transition into the more feminine energies and how to run a business because you've got four or five uh, entrepreneurial under your belt so were they all in male-dominated
1: industries or no they were not Um, I was an acting CEO in a a sustainable fashion company which was there was many women executive women in that including in the board of directors uh, and also in the dance company I co-founded that was mainly dominated by women, which was great. But what I noticed in a lot of these companies is that while there were many women, the energy was very masculine. Yeah, I was and, going to ask about that. Yeah. <laughs> and coming from an MBA, I was one of 17 women in my MBA program in a class wow. of 120. And, you know, you start to realize that there is a real lack of the feminine and its value in business. And that just became more and more apparent the the older I got and the wiser I got, I started to understand, (laughs) wow, I'm so burnt out because I've totally evaded and not taken care of the feminine or honored it. Um, So that kind of brought me to where I am today, which is very much focused on the feminine and its power, its benefit, its value. as it relates to building and scaling a business
0: yeah because you've had influence through your uh, your yoga teacher and you're a sound healer so uh, is that something that you're taking with you into
1: the more feminine principles Mm, that's a really good question I think throughout my journey I I've been practicing yoga for probably 15 years and teaching the last six and sound healing reiki Uh, you know, a lot of these energetic healing modalities have come to me during my professional journey. And I understood quite quickly that when I incorporated them in or the the principles of them into the business, that I was able to not only succeed more fiercely, because now I was not burnt out, I was feeling really good, um, feeling content and energized. And I started to understand that when I brought these into the business, that things really changed. So yes, definitely, like these aspects played a role into understanding the, the missing feminine components. And that's not to say that yoga is feminine or Reiki is feminine, but rather this idea that if we care, nurture and pay attention to energy, we can have a totally different experience in running, building businesses. It doesn't need to be, uh, you know, nose to the grindstone and exhausting ourselves, creating um, from a place of lack, pushing through projects that aren't truly in line with the values of the company, but rather just bottom line uh, focused projects. You know, these types of things started to become much more apparent. Uh, And so I started to bring that into my role uh, as ceo at play magnus and then understood that really there needs to be a change from the ground up yeah. and so that's what i'm doing now is helping women who are running their own companies step back a bit and see hey we can do this a little bit differently
0: Yeah. so was that the sort of tipping point was there like a certain Situation that arose, or was there something that was growing within you that sort of built up to something? How did you uh, make the transition of uh, moving from that job or being the co-founder and CEO of that large male-dominated company and all of that into actually stepping all
1: into your own feminine code business? Yeah, I would say it grew over time, definitely. Like I was in that role for seven and a half years, and In the first few years, I didn't really notice, to be honest, I was very much doing my masculine business, push, 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 burning myself out, um, you know, wearing my pantsuits and showing up. Yeah. (laughs) And then I started to get exhausted and I started to question why. And over time, I realized why that was. Um, And I think There wasn't a specific wake up, so to speak. It was just a gradual understanding of what I was doing wrong. And when I started shifting it, I recognized, wow, this is so powerful. I need to find a way to share this. So that became about a year and a half ago, I decided I would create the feminine code. And so I've built it up over the course of the last year and a half, the, the concept and the methodology, which really is just the wisdom of nature. Let's be honest, like, yeah, but paralleling it into business is what I think is quite unique about the feminine code but yeah I think about a year and a half ago I knew I was making that move yeah Yeah. that's
0: amazing so you are doing some uh, ceremonial work as well like uh, new moon and full moon or one of them Um, is that something that you started with before you started creating the feminine code have you like accumulated wisdom through feedback like how has that worked for you
1: yeah, uh, the the ceremonial work that I do is very much based on a spiritual path I've been on for many, many years. I think, to be honest, since I was a little girl without having putting any labels on it at that time.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and in my adulthood, I have been on what I would call the path of the priestess, which is walking the lines of the divine feminine and embodying that in my life wherever I can. And part of that is being very in tune with nature. And for the feminine, the moon is so powerful because it cycles with us. It cycles with our menstrual cycles. It's such a potent reminder of how we are all connected. And so uh, I do host moon ceremonies, both full and new moon. I also do um, what are considered the I holy days, which are cross quarter days like solstice and equinox, and they are focused all on the rhythms of nature. So, I, I work a lot with nature because there's so much wisdom and intelligence in in her. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Uh, I actually
0: had um, Hannah Friedenberg, I don't know if you know her, she's a dietitian, and yeah, um, and also you know her yeah yoga teacher and she was on here talking about how to use uh, our menstrual cycle as a business blueprint because the current business that is sort of the status quo is based on the male hormones of a 24-hour cycle whereas the women have um, you know 28 to 32 or whatever days
1: and Mm -hmm. we we work in a completely different way so is that something that you're doing in your program as well exactly yeah it's a it's a piece definitely of how i'm working so in the beginning of the feminine code we actually chart the moon cycle and understand what we should be doing when uh, at each right. phase whether it's the luteal the ovulation the follicular the bleed understanding what types of activities we should be doing in our business and why each day isn't the same. So what Hannah says is absolutely correct. Like the the masculine hormonal, it's there high powered in the mornings when the testosterone is the highest. And then it starts to peak and, and deteriorate in the afternoon to evening. Whereas women, we have much more balance throughout the day but not throughout the month. And yeah. we need to take that into consideration when we are building and scaling up companies. For example, For me, when I was uh, in fundraising periods in the company, we would do a lot of investment seeking because we were scaling up and I never, ever would book pitches when I was bleeding ever. Uh, I would make sure that I would schedule pitching the company on either my follicular phase or my ovulation um, to ensure that I was able to be in the right energy and I was magnetic at that time. So definitely there is so much to that. And it is a part of what we, we move through in the feminine code training as well.
0: That's so exciting. It's so much uh, wisdom to learn from that. Mm. So... I want to transition into the sort of entrepreneurial part of this uh, in the sense that this is a podcast for conscious women entrepreneurs and I always like to ask my guests about their experiences and lessons running a uh, conscious business and you've sort of tapped into a few of them already but in mm-hmm. addition to the menstrual cycle, uh, how does running a conscious business look like for you in practice like what other elements are you
1: like, do you like to bring in for your own business? Mm. A lot of what is important. Uh, one of the biggest things for me in what I'm working with is ensuring that there is intuition that's being honored at all times. Yeah. Um, for me, intuition guides every decision I make. It never fails me. It is pure and honest. It is truth. And I use that as my North star always. Not just in business, but in my personal life too. It's, it, it knows. And I never question it because every time I question it, I get into the head and I am wrong. Yes. <laughs> the, the mind is wrong. Yeah. That being said, when I am following intuition and I'm running a business, I'm also double checking because I have stakeholders that I'm beholden to. So yeah. there's going to be some checks and balances, of course, but I, really believe that in this conscious business creation and conscious business growth, intuition is the most powerful tool we have as women, men as well. But since our audience here is women, I think it's so powerful. And I often use my bleeding days to use uh, as a very quiet time to tap into anything that is not clear about next steps in the business. So if I'm, thinking about when I should launch something or uh, what should the next product be. It's during those bleeding days where I'm going really deep into knowing and intuitive knowing to figure out what is correct.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. amazing. So sort of our heightened intuition and we're kind of forced to be taking it slower um, because we are tired and sort of leveraging those days to honor that and just sit with whatever comes up and looking into what worked, what didn't work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So again, like we've already tapped into some of it, but do you recall some big lessons? Like, are there any big lessons that stand out from your journey as an entrepreneur so far?
1: Big lessons for me have been, I mean, one of the best things I ever did was just say yes to things that I was afraid that I didn't have enough experience for um taking risks has always always actually proved to be beneficial even if there was a failure involved because there was always a learning so for me it was really about saying yes when you know when you get the gut that says yes you should do this but then the mind's like actually you don't have enough education for that or experience that you've done there um it's really been about overcoming that uh, insecurity and um that's my big lesson is like, never listen to the mind that starts to limit you. Yeah. Um, Cause that's the conditioned part of us. The heart knows. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think, especially for women, we have this tendency to criticize ourselves a little bit more around our capabilities and capacity in a professional setting. Yes. Not always, not all women, but, but many do. And I you know I've been around the corporate block where I've seen women, not, feel comfortable stepping into promotions because, you know, they thought somebody else that had more experience would be better suited when they in fact had all the skills that were necessary to succeed there. So yeah, yeah, really getting um, brave and bold at saying yes more often uh, has been my biggest lesson.
0: Yeah, I'm just checking in with that intuition first.
1: <laughs> totally, totally. Because <laughs> of course, there's sometimes you need to say no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's a lot of times you need to say no and throw up your boundaries. Yes, that, that might be another lesson as well. Actually, is like knowing what when to set your boundaries. Like, actually, I'm not going to work until eleven thirty on Friday night to get this done for Monday. Yeah. I'm actually going to deliver it Monday evening. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm
0: that's such a big one as well because I think mm-hmm. boundaries is also something that a lot of women maybe in particular struggle with
1: mm-hmm. yeah we, we say yes because oftentimes we want to please and keep people content and keep uh, the environment happy and amicable and everyone likes everybody but sometimes you just have to say no yeah sometimes you just have to put your foot down and say I'm exhausted, I need to rest and this will get done and I'll deliver it by 6 p.m. instead of 9 a.m. And usually it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. It's not life and death unless you're a surgeon. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) So you have been very much in a male-dominated industry. You've been around the corporate block, like you were saying. You have an MBA, but you are very much into the spiritual realm and very open-minded in that sense so did you ever have resistance towards speaking and living your authentic truth around that in
1: particular to the world <laughs> that's an amazing question <laughs> <laughs> i was a uh, in the closet for years yeah years <laughs> I was haven't we closet. all <laughs> yeah yeah no it, it it was only the last i would say five years or so that I came out of the spiritual closet and was honest. I mean, I was even closeting out this blog I had for the last like nine or 10 years where I was writing a blog that I didn't even put my last name on because I didn't want people in the business world finding out that I had a beauty blog, a green beauty blog. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, definitely I've compartmentalized my life um, in the past. Yeah. Did it help? Did it work? Absolutely not. <laughs> it was it was really uh, poor decision making, but you know, it was my insecurity. If people find out that I'm spiritual, they won't take me serious in business. Yeah. If people in the spiritual community understand what I do in business, I won't be accepted in the spiritual community because I work too much with money corporate. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: money is spiritual, it's energy. And yes. Guess what? Like, if you can bring all of it together, your power is potent. So, when we (laughs) when we start really bringing our whole selves to the table, it's a whole other ball game. We're no longer limit limiting ourselves. We're bringing our full capacity, our full skill set, our full understanding into our businesses. But um is it easy to get there? No. Yeah. It it took me a lot. I've been doing a lot of work, (laughs) self work, and understanding what um what who I really am that's yeah. the kind of the key question it's like who am I yeah and when I finally got comfortable with that then everything just started to skyrocket
0: right yeah so I see it as sort of scattered energy so if you're having like some of your energy going that way and some of it that way it's going to be hard to manifest in any of those because obviously it's not full force ahead
1: so bang on yeah bang on yeah and that's and- exactly what it is there's leaks energy leaks
0: yeah and so what got you to the point of um, coming out of the spiritual closet? Was it kind of like the pain of being in limbo or was there a certain thing that happened? How, how do you feel it went?
1: I think it was a combination of things. Like um, part of it was all the self-work I was doing. Yeah. I finally got to a point where I was like, what am I doing by hiding myself? what benefit am I creating for anyone other than my ego? That's afraid. (laughs) Um, I also was working with one of my dear teachers who, um, you know, would point out to me what I was doing and she's a very big proponent of being your own healer. And so, She always just made the door open so that I could see for myself, like, "Hey, this is what you're doing, and you can choose what to do with it." But this is what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. And um, so, yeah, she was an influence in in recognizing that for sure. All the work I was doing was an influence, and how I was feeling. You know, I wasn't happy. I was in a toxic relationship. I was, you know, working my ass to the bone, and. It was it was um, outwardly successful. Everyone looked at me, going, "Wow, look yeah. at what you can do! Look what you've done!" And in the inside, I was just thinking, "Man, I'm really tired," and and I just want things to feel good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think there's so many people that find themselves there, and sort of the pain of staying the same versus sort of the pain of getting out of the spiritual closet it kind of it just weighs heavier all of a sudden and then you're Mm -hmm. like well I'm I'm done with
1: my own shit (laughs) and I'm just gonna do this totally yeah Yeah, I think there there comes a breaking point where you just realize I can't do this anymore it's kind of like when you're in a shitty relationship and you hit that breaking point where you're like okay I think I really need to leave now like this is it yeah. And it was the same thing for having a dysfunctional relationship with my true self. Yes. Like, okay. <laughs> yes. So well said.
0: Yeah. Cause like, mm-hmm. if you would don't like, it's imagine that though, like as a little thought experiment, um, being in a relationship with someone, and you're like ashamed of them and you're trying to hide them away so that it doesn't show to your other friends. Like how? Mm. what kind of relationship would that be? Exactly. Like
1: only some of my friends can meet this side yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's important to think about it like that because like how, how toxic that would be if that's the, the life we're living.
0: Yeah. So have you worked with a, a coach on this
1: journey or have you done all of this mind work yourself? I don't think you do everything yourself, even though we are the ones that heal ourselves. (laughs) So it's always having guides um, has been important for me. I mean, on my priestess journey, I've had many women um, much older than myself come into my life that have been beautiful guides uh, around my own healing journey and healing path. The woman I just mentioned now who helped me with that realization of hiding myself. Well, I realized it. She helped me work through some of that a few years back her name's deborah Hainekamp. Um most people know her as mama medicine i've been working with her on and off now for around five years and she is magnificent and i, I wouldn't call her a coach she's a healer um, but she very much gives you the power yes. to do your healing so almost like a mentor she's walking the path before you and sort of showing you the possibilities and well She's very spiritual, and she works in that realm, and that yeah. resonates with me quite yeah. deeply. Over the last year, um, I've been in doing a bit more of a deep dive around like a whole transition. So this last year, I left my job, I left my relationship, I'm considering what country to live in. Like, wow, the last 365 days have been pretty shedding. I've been shedding a lot, and I have worked with a coach during that time as well. Um, and she's been amazing. Yeah. So, um, because I'm a coach myself,
0: I'm always curious to sort of hear what people's experiences has been with a coach. So, what are some of the most valuable outcomes for you working with a coach?
1: Working with a coach, most valuable outcomes is not being able to hide. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> because when you're working with someone you trust, so and I'm sure you feel this with your clients when you have that rapport after a few sessions, everything yeah. starts coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all the insecurities, all the limiting beliefs, all the fears, when it all gets on the table, it's so much easier to deal with. Yeah. And it's it's not scary yeah. when you have someone there kind of holding the space for you. And, and I do that for women in some ways in, around the business side. Uh, I don't yeah. coach like you do, but I, I work more on a consulting business uh, way. And when I'm on the other side of it, I understand how amazing it is to facilitate that safe platform to look at these limitations. And I'm guessing um, that's also your experience too. For
0: sure. For sure. (laughs) I want to ask you some more about your program later. Uh, because it's so much amazing stuff. I've only watched the trailer, so we'll have to loop back to that. But first, I just want to ask you three rapid fire questions that I ask all of my interviewees. So are you ready? Ready. Let's go. Awesome. So
1: what is your favorite quote? It's actually, (laughs) this is from my dad. Amazing. (laughs) My, My dad always comes up with like, He just says the most random things and sometimes they're (laughs) really gold nuggets. So I have this like notepad in my, in my mobile and I keep track of all his words of wisdom. So one of my favorites from him, it's not related to business, but it's, um, be strong enough to be with someone, but also not to need someone. And I found that he just said that randomly one day when I was going through a breakup, (laughs) I was like, dad, that's so deep. (laughs) (laughs) um but it's so beautiful because it's true it's like you need to be whole unto yourself sovereign unto yourself and at the same time strong enough to love someone through all of themselves yeah and I have to say that's that's been one of his quotes that has really stuck with me over the years
0: yeah Mm -hmm. that's amazing and (laughs) I suppose it could relate to business in a sense if you look at it as be strong enough to hold your own business you don't one client isn't going to make or break you like
1: you know Mm.
0: your whole you have your value regardless
1: Mm, yeah
0: you know the right people are going to come anyway so so
1: true thank you (laughs) of
0: course and next question what book has impacted your entrepreneurial journey the most
1: Okay, this isn't going to sound like it's an entrepreneurship book because it's not. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> have to. It's yeah, your okay. journey. <laughs> okay. I would probably say Her Blood is Gold. And that was one of the first menstrual books I read like way, way back. Mm-hmm. And when I started getting this idea around the feminine code and I, mm-hmm. I started to see if I could apply some of the knowledge I learned in that book to business. And that's kind of where the seed started yeah. for feminine code, actually
0: wow
1: so you're making it into an entrepreneurial book yeah maybe i should like write a version of it yeah for sure do it yeah
0: i would buy it sign me up for the free purchase great i have one customer (laughs) so um last question what is something the listeners can do or focus on this week to get them closer to being a successful entrepreneur and living on their terms
1: Mm, love this one thing gosh (laughs) um you know one of the things that I've really worked with over the time uh, the last years in my entrepreneurship journey is something I call dynamic dreaming which is basically just visualizing and if you are able to see very clearly what it is you wish to manifest and and it comes from a very very authentic place true place It is the most powerful tool you have in your toolbox for succeeding in business, hands down. And I would say like, spend time, make it part of your day. You're you're part of your work week to do this dynamic dreaming, to literally sit there and visualize for 15 minutes what it is you're creating, how it's coming out into the world. What does it look like? Who's there? Who's your client? How are you serving? Um, That's really powerful.
0: Yeah. It makes so much sense though. Like you spend an hour in the gym, you know, a few times a week to get the body that you want, then, you know, we should should certainly set aside 15 minutes every day
1: to create our life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like just to be clear, because oftentimes we're running around in these circles of thinking we're working towards a specific goal. And in reality, we're just running towards something that society placed on us as a good thing to have or a good thing to do. And it's not really in line with our authentic truth and what we're here to create, do our dharma. Yeah. So tell
0: us more about your program. It's so full of all the
1: good, juicy things. So give us some insight. Thanks, dear. Uh, The Feminine Code training is an eight-week program that's basically created to start or to scale your business. So it can be for it's for women, and it's for any woman that either has an idea she wishes to bring forth and create a business from, or women that have already started their businesses and they're realizing they're hitting a lot of blocks. And what I've done with um, this training is essentially taken my MBA program and the frameworks that I worked with within it in pricing, packaging, marketing, messaging. Uh, budgeting, you know, it, it it spans the, the foundational elements, the pillars that you need to start and succeed in business. And it reframes them all so that you're coming at them from a different perspective. You're looking at them from a more feminine perspective. Mm -hmm. And so I work a lot with energy, the moon cycles, the elements, the seasons, the menstrual cycle, all of these pieces to bring about a holistic experience and understanding of how business can actually be and how we can create from that space of authenticity
0: yeah so Mm -hmm. like you said earlier like leveraging the wisdom of nature that always creates what it sets out to do and sort of combining that science of business from your MBA degree and then also just packing it with the wealth of knowledge that you've accumulated over all
1: these years and just putting it into the same i suppose program yeah that that is exactly what i've done more or less it's taken all my experience both on the priestess path and the path of entrepreneurship and more corporate business as well to to take the good from all of it and see how it can all be woven together and yeah. And it shouldn't be a surprise that the masculine and feminine fit very well together.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, how about that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Because we need both the different energies, but I suppose putting it into the right context of your menstrual cycle and certain days of the month and
1: Mm -hmm. um,
0: yeah, not alienate one from the other, I suppose.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of how business has been run in the last couple hundred years thousands mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure it, it's 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 really not allowed the feminine to have a place and and it's time to change that yeah yeah awesome
0: well this has been so much fun so where can the listeners
1: find you yes uh this is KateMurphy.com is my website and i love connecting with people on instagram so my handle is this is kate murphy
0: Awesome. Yeah. And um, please do take a screenshot of this episode and tag us both in the story and let us know what you took away from this episode. What do you love the most? So we get to know your feedback and connect with you as well. Yeah. So if you're interested in either building a business from scratch or scaling your business, certainly check out Kate's amazing program and otherwise have a nice week
1: (laughs) thanks everybody (laughs) thank you so much thanks martina
0: i loved that interview with kate and i hope you got a lot from it as well she has been so kind to give all of the listeners of this episode a discount so if you are interested in taking her course the feminine code the discount code for her program is Fem code 20. So that's F E M C O D E 20. Uh, So the number two and zero. Uh, I will put this in the description box as well. So it will be easy for you to find and implement. As I said, I hope you got a lot from this episode. Have a good week. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with anyone who would benefit from listening in. As always, please leave a review. Five stars for good karma and if you think we need more mindfulness and spirituality in business. If you're interested in coaching with me, head on over to my website and schedule a free discovery call. Finally, if you have any inquiries or you would like to interview me on your show, shoot me an email. Details are in the show notes over at my website, martinathompson.com. Have an amazing week. Cheers, guys.